Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Timothy Visosili. I read through your LinkedIn profile, Timothy, and in it, you talk about the fact that over the four years that you were at CU, you participated in or led close to 30 projects and did so in classes, in internships and clubs. What did that look like? You just alluded to one that was in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Could you give us an example of something outside of Stride Tech, outside of that particular class where Stride Tech wasn't selected. Yeah. You're trying to get me to stop talking about Stride Tech. Is that what you're doing? Absolutely <laughs> not. We are going to be talking about Stride Tech the rest of the interview. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. It's, it's okay. It's, it can be refreshing sometimes to talk about other things. Yeah, I did a lot of clubs and I did a few internships. So like on the extracurricular side. I was a part of a club called Design for America. And that one was a huge one. It's basically what I really liked about it is it is a part of a larger organization. So Design for America, they have, I believe at the time it was like 36, but they're growing. So they probably have closer to 40 universities across the nation who all have Design for America studios. So it is very likely that if you're a listener, your university might have Design for America Club. I would highly recommend looking it up because what they do is it's basically a student-led design studio that takes on local community-based problems that are design-oriented, that are usually have some sort of positive social impact. And then they develop and build a team of students to tackle that problem. And it could be, it's not just engineering related. And that's why I really liked it. It could be artistic, it could be more civil based or even political or anything. It could be any kind of type of social problem that you want to tackle. And then you just build a team around it and tackle it. Most of the projects I worked on were very engineering focused, but we had people developing art installations. We would have a local museum or they want to develop some sort of children friendly exhibit or something like that. And then we just would build a design team around it and and do a project for a semester where we focused on solving that problem. That was kind of one way that I got a lot of projects under my belt. And I also got a lot of management experience in that. It, It kind of helped with... I was 
managing a team of people. And then I was one of the founding members of Design for America at the time. So I was actually kind of recruiting students, managing the finances and getting the projects established. So you're reaching out to people in the community, businesses, organizations, just cold calling them up and saying, Hey, we're a student-led design team. We want to solve your problems. Let's talk. And it kind of gave me a little bit of this entrepreneurial mindset, something that's really, really important in starting a business. And so that's kind of the start, the fostering of my entrepreneurial mindedness that led to straight debt. One of the internships that you had, I guess it was your junior year, was with iFlight, mm-hmm. which was an early stage startup working on augmented and virtual reality solutions for people with disabilities. I believe you were the third member of the team. How did you break into that team and become a part of this program? Yeah. If you're a student and you'd like to work for a startup, and there's a lot of opportunities out there, but it's kind of hard. Not hard in that it's fairly easy if you know how to do it. But the hard part from a founder perspective is that you just don't have the bandwidth. You don't have like an HR team to go recruit hundreds of people. You often rely on like your network and people to tell you about, oh, this person is interested in working for a startup, blah, blah, blah. You usually only have like two or three applicants if you do put out a job description. So it's kind of different. What's nice though, is that if you do get into that community. It is a tight-knit community. You can get those introductions. And there are even programs in universities to often help facilitate that. You'll be on a list of maybe five people. So you have a high likelihood of actually getting the job, which is really nice. And you have way more responsibilities with your job because you're not just like a small intern in a very large company. You're a big part of this company and you have a lot of responsibility. It's a great internship opportunity if you can find it. So what I did was we had a few programs. One was Startup Summer. It was like basically a program that would link startups with summer interns and you would get to work for that startup for the summer. And then on top of that, they would pair all the interns into teams and then those teams would have to start companies and then pitch them at the end of summer just as like a practice run for starting a business in in only three months. That was just a program through the university. And I'm sure that there's a lot of similar programs in other universities that you can take advantage of. Once you're kind of into that startup community, so that's how I met iFlight was like they were on the list of startups looking for summer interns. And I was applying to this startup summer program and I got linked up with them. But then I met so many people in the industry. So many like in Boulder, particularly the startup community is very close. And so I got to meet a lot of other founders, a lot of other companies and just kind of get integrated into that community. One way that we've hired interns from schools and universities is we've participated in startup-focused career fairs. They were hosted by CU, but they're a little bit smaller. So they're often not marketed to the entire university. And you kind of got to take some digging, ask around. Maybe your university will have something. So we will do a career fair and we have a table and, and things like that. So we found a few internships that way. And then other than that, We've also utilized the universities. They use Handshake, which is like a university-based job board. And we will post there as well. And too many examples, but last one. I love it. Keep it coming. <laughs> Professors are also 
great way, especially if you are taking a class by a professor that does some sort of entrepreneurial focused thing or they're into entrepreneurship. I can't tell you how many professors I've had that have started companies or are doing research that they're hoping to start a company out of, or they're in the business side and they've done it on that side as well. So talk to them and just let them know, Hey, like I would be interested in working for a startup. They will recommend, like, I, I can't tell you how many times I get emails from professors and how many times I reach out to professors if I'm looking for something specific. Fantastic suggestions, Timothy. Thank you so much. What difference do you think all of those different hands-on experiences made in the way that you've been able to show up since graduation in mm-hmm. building Stride Tech? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say entrepreneurship and wanting to be a startup founder, your goal is kind of like to have experience that's a mile wide and an inch deep, which is almost counter to what a lot of other places will have you do. They want you to focus and do like really, really experience one area. But my goal is a mile wide and an inch deep because you never know what you're going to be doing as a startup founder. I have an engineering degree. I haven't really done engineering for 80% of the last three years. I've worn so many different hats and I'm just so glad that I got a little bit of experience in each one of these areas. I at least know the basics and I can build on that when it comes time for me to come up with a marketing strategy for an equity crowdfunding campaign, for example. That's not something that you would typically do in engineering, but luckily... I was able to take a class that had some marketing background. So that was very helpful. And so, yeah, that's the goal there. Is just a mile wide and an inch deep. And even though you started off, here's an example, at iFlight as a hardware engineer, you had to quickly pivot to become a design intern. What was that experience like having to change roles midstream? It was a little bit... Well, for that specific change, it wasn't too bad. I got into engineering because I love design. And I actually have more artistic background. I love to draw and things like that. So I was happy to make that change. But in that same light, you know, I was working for iFlight. And yeah, they, were, they brought me on and I was going to design these augmented reality headset glasses. And so I was designing them. Then about halfway through the internship, they came to me and said, We've pivoted the company. We're no longer going to be a hardware company. We're not developing these glasses anymore because Oculus came out with a new headset that had the technology for them to be able to develop an app to do the same thing. And so they're like, we're now just going to be a software company. They asked me, like, do you want to continue this internship? What would you like to be doing? Which was really nice because when you're in a startup situation and there's only three of you, you, you can have this kind of like honest conversation about what you want to be doing. And how you can help. And that was my main goal. Was like, this is a startup. I'm one of three people. I need to be pulling my weight and contributing and moving the needle for them. And they're even paying me as an intern, which I know is even rare for internships from big companies and they're startups. So I was like, I need to like really pull my weight. So I was like, just tell me what you need me to do and I'll do what I can to contribute. So yeah, they just gave me all kinds of research topics. They would just send me things to research and I would like, write a one page summary of this research with citations and I would send that to them. Or one thing was they'd have me sit in on a lot of meetings and take notes. But what I eventually started doing was I would sit in the meetings that were with uh, customers and doing interviews on 
them reviewing the product, testing the product out and things like that. Then they asked me based on that information that I'm getting from sitting in on those meetings to come up with a beta testing strategy. That was kind of my final deliverable as an intern for the company was I wrote up an entire beta testing strategy for their app. And so it just kind of is being honest with, you know, I want to contribute. Just tell me what I can do and I'll do my best, especially in a startup situation. It's a little challenging because oftentimes from the other side of it, you're not as used to having a bunch of interns or employees and having like a concrete task list for the day is often not typical. So you're just having to relay information in real time and have them do things for you. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.